All right. We're going to sit here and wait for Facebook to push this out, and we'll get after it. talking to a preacher the other day he said he was doing this and he said it took forever for somebody to show up he thought where's everybody at <laughs> all right well we're going to go ahead and start uh, we're continuing our study in the book of Romans and currently we are in Romans chapter 3 and uh, I last last week I left off with chapter 5 I read it but I'm gonna read it again and so hopefully that you'll enjoy that hi Carol good to see you with us today <clears throat> uh, I put on Facebook, and I believe this, really, I believe this probably would be one of the most vital messages a person can hear, talking about rest. You know, because physically, doctors tell you how important rest is. If you don't get enough good rest, and my friend Carl can tell you because he struggles with sleeping well, and my wife struggles with it too, and there are consequences to that. You know, to your day-to-day -day life, it can bring sickness into your body, allow that. Your body can't regenerate. There's all kinds of things that, that uh, take place that's not good if you don't get enough rest. And everybody, you know, needs at least six to seven hours a day, according to what doctors say. I'm fortunate if I wanted to, if my dog would leave me alone, I could get 12 hours if I wanted. The, <laughs> the other day, she did something I've never had her do before. She come up and smelled on my nose and touched my nose with her nose and just... <laughs> I thought, what the heck? First, I thought it was Donna. <laughs> she was checking to see if I was breathing or whatever. But uh, rest is important. But more than just physical rest, spiritual rest is important. And spiritual rest, I think, will help the physical rest and help you know other parts of our body because we are spirit, right? We're spirit. We're holy breath. That's what the Bible says. And so in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 3 that we went through, Paul was writing about the minimal awareness that mankind had digressed to. When the Bible uses the word fall, people think there was a fall, and they think that fall meant that they fell from God and they no longer was one with Father. That's not true. There was a fall in their awareness. So Paul talked about that fall in their awareness, and the, the resulting consequences to that uh, hindered them and traduced them and brought uh, all kinds of sense of lack into their life. And then also it empowered religions to come in and make all kinds of rules and laws to try to please God. And bottom line, in my opinion, that was done just to control people. Because all the systems of the earth do the same thing. They want us to believe that we have to have them. And so they come up with all these different answers. And the pharmaceutical company, I'm involved in you know, the medical right now with my body, but it's unbelievable the, the medicines that are out there. I, I bet they, there was just millions and millions of them out there. And they're always coming up with another one. And they try to find something wrong with us and then they go make that medicine. Right. <clears throat> so, same thing with religion. And so, I'm going to read Romans 3, 5 again. I left off with it last week in my translation. So again, if you want my translation book, you can order it. You just go to my webpage, DrRoyERichmond.com and you can order it from there or you can contact me and I'll help you order it. But Romans 3, 5, if living restless in this way, in other words, what he talked about those first couple chapters, if living restless in this way is made self-evident in a person's character, 
does it enhance or make father's righteousness which i speak greater and he said i put myself in your place and asked that question for you and the answer is no father's original plan did not need to be improved from the foundation of the world father decreed a decision concerning man man was made in the perfect image and perfect resemblance and father as holy breath or holy spirit and man was made master over the earth living as holy breath the man was also created male and female to reproduce father living without entering into the rest of father only makes harsh physical and mental consequences and that is so true that just that right there is a sermon in and of itself if people would understand that and embrace that we've got to enter in and rest with father i think one of the biggest problems in uh, western and evangelical christianity is people are just happy being saved or if you're in the charismatic area happy been saved and filled with the holy ghost or if you're a baptist happy to been saved and baptized in water whatever that's what i hear about the most but yet they're not really wanting to enter into a real relationship and a fellowship and constant communion with father and that's the problem if we don't stay in contact with father then we're we're not going to be at rest whatsoever and that's and I've talked about that many times. It's like individual people. If you don't stay in contact with each other, then you miss out on who they are. Well, I don't want to miss out on Father because Father's in me, and Father is my source. So very few people have entered into that rest. And Paul wrote uh, uh, in Hebrews to Father, saying, "There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that enters into the, his rest, he also ceases from his own works, as God did from." His. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the example of unbelief. Well, what works are we supposed to cease from? It's trying to please Father, right? And yet all my life in church, I was always trying to please God, not knowing that I was really trying to please the pastor. Trying to get, you know, I couldn't give enough money. I couldn't do enough work. I couldn't come to enough prayer meetings, all those things. And I was always, it seemed like I was always just falling short all the time of not really pleasing Father. And so I was not at rest. And Lily, would you say most people that go to church are not at rest? Because that's what we're taught to do, is always do something to please God. So what is restlessness? Physically, it's an inability to remain at rest. Uh, difficulty uh, concentrating, not being able to relax, or being constantly uneasy. You ever been there before? Oh, yeah. I have. So spiritually, it's much greater than that. Uh, spiritually, it, it means to uh, have the faith that demands that we rest from religion and our own works. We've got to rest from our own works spiritually. Because if you don't rest from your own, your own works then you're always going to be trying to please Father. And you can't please Father because Father's already pleased with you. So what is that called? It's called a dead work. The Bible calls it filthy rags. You've not received life in you. So restlessness is the unsatisfied longing of a man for our Father. Restlessness cannot be satisfied by a change of climate, a change of environment, travel, or any other material thing. You can't, you, you think, well, if I could go back here, if I can do this or whatever, I can get back in this relationship or whatever. It's something that's inward that's lacking. And that lacking is that contact, constant contact with Father and communion with the Father and talking to the Father. We, Christianity thinks they do that because they go to church on Sunday. 
or they go to church on Wednesday. But what about the rest of the week? You know, they're, they're, we, we, I just sometimes wonder if we really talk to our Father enough. And I don't mean ask for things, which most people think that means prayer, but just talk to Father, to think about Father. When you're driving down the road, uh, have thoughts, and you don't have to verbally say it, but you can just think it. You know, how beautiful this scenery is, Father, how beautiful this earth is that you made, and, or whatever, or just talk about what you're going through and be thankful. And so only by man finding his center and Father can restlessness and anxiety and a sense of lack, a lack of peace or discontent, that's the only way it can be released from you is really pressing into this an intimate relationship with father and being grateful and being grateful grateful. so only a conscious relationship and contact with father will really satisfy the longing soul that really needs to enter into rest Mm -hmm. and again how much do we actually do that i mean i i'm not trying to make anybody feel bad but you know if i say if you want to know me you need to spend time with me and you only see me once every few months or whatever or or you only see me when you need something then you're really not going to know me you're not going to know the the love of god that's inside of me and the love of god that's inside of you uh when i study uh i i've had some people question me about my translations and uh there are some people that are really really intelligent with hebrew and greek they understand every letter of the word, they and uh, the tense to the word and everything. And I don't. I've never professed that I do. But I have great tools that I study. But more important than that, I listen to my father. And I always say, if you don't like the way I translate something, that's okay. But you've got to read it and pay attention. Does it bring you peace? And I'm telling you, I have thousands of people that write me and say that translation has brought me more peace than anything else in the world. And where do I get it from? I have a PC Bible program. I look at the Greek and Hebrew words, but I know my father now. Amen. And I know the truth of the word of God. And I know if that first word doesn't fit God's love, then I go to the root word. And that may not be proper with seminary schools or anything like that, but I'm not after what the seminary schools want. I'm not after what theologians want and the world's ways. I'm, I'm after the voice of God to show me these ways. So what, I'm, what, I'm, what I do lately and have for quite a while is when I see a word like rest, then I begin to search for names in the Bible that the people's name means rest. And uh, so that's why a lot of times I'll come to you and I'll tell you a certain name and that's what it, what it is. So this, there's a particular name. It's A-B-N-A-H. It's Adnah. It's pronounced with a D, but it's actually A-B. But Adnah. Adnah was an Israelite to the tribe of, uh, in the tribe of Manasseh. And another Israelite was from the tribe of Judah. And those are found in 1 Chronicles 12, 20 and 17, 14. But the Hebrew meaning for Adnah is delight, it's pleasure and it's rest. That's what his name means. So the Hebrew meaning that's important to us. So spiritually, the understanding of this is true overcoming joy, a true overcoming peace, a pleasure, delight, rest. They're the products of love. They're the products of good judgment. They're the products of uh, praise. And they're not brought about by personal will. You can't just will yourself to love people. You, you have to realize that you are love. You, you, our Father is nothing but love. And it's important for us to understand that. So 
If you're not experiencing perfect rest, then you might love, let love overshadow you, and then you become the giver of love and give love to all people. 1 John 4, 16, I was cleaning out Donna's office because we're going to do some remodeling in there, and I found a piece of paper there that I really liked. And it said, and she, she paraphrased it, but it said, whoever lives in love lives in Father. So if what comes out of your mouth is not love, then you're not in contact with Father. It doesn't mean Father's not in you. It doesn't mean you've got to go get saved again and God doesn't, but you're not in contact. Your, your Father is not your source. Your, what's going on around you becomes a source and it causes lots of problems. And so if you're not experiencing this rest, then again, you want love to overshadow you. And that's what I pray over people. A lot of times that love, sometimes I'll write people and say, I pray peace overshadows you because they need peace. They lost a loved one. And then I always end it by saying, I love you. And I don't know these people face to face, but I know them because they're my brothers and they're my sisters. And so it's very important for us to love people. Uh, I was looking up to who the songwriter was, but Dion Jackson, I'm not sure, I don't remember who that was but uh, wrote a song and it says love is what makes the world go around and they were so true the Beatles wrote a song all we need is love a lot of the singers did that because it's true all we need is love and sometimes people think that they've fallen out of love I don't know that you can fall out of love I think you just get where you you're not loving enough you you kind of let that you just let it be as an assumption I've asked men before if they tell their wife they love them, they say, well, they know I love them. Well, I know Donna loves me, but I sure like it when she tells me she loves me. Do you understand that? I love it when she puts her arm around me and hugs me. And, you know, and that's, that's important for us to do that all the time. So Father is love. So if Father is the source of all love that causes proper movement in the universe and you, then it's a fact that we need to experience that and we need to treat people lovely and treat people with love, treat people with kindness. Also treat ourselves with that, amen? amen? So both men named Adam were captains of thousands of mighty men of valor. Uh, the, uh, Adam the Menesite, however you pronounce his name, he was a captain under Saul. And he left Saul and he went to David. Now why would we talk about that? Well, Saul's name symbolizes personal will. David's name represents love. Though there came a time in his life that he left personal will. He saw what Saul was doing was not, not successful, whatever. And he left and he went to David who represents love. And that's an awesome spiritual picture to us, picture to us that we need to sometimes leave our personal will. I want this. I want that. I'm not happy. I, you know, this, this isn't working out the way I wanted it to and leave that and move into love. And I'll tell you, love will make the world go around. Love will cause things to be greater than you ever thought it was. Amen. You know, I love art and I love all kinds of art. And when I show some people my pictures, they look at it like, what? Mm -hmm. You know, one lady told me once, it looks like somebody just poured a bucket of paint on there. And, but you know, I see with eyes of love, I see all kinds of art and I love art no matter what it looks like. You know, oh, well, well, that's not what I like. Well, it doesn't matter if it's what you like. You can still see beauty in it, right? right? If you're looking with eyes of love. So if you find yourself only concerned about personal will, then again, you need to leave your personal will and become a person who loves all things at all times because Father does. And I believe Father can help us be people who love 
because love will, if you just love people, that'll bring a great rest in your life right there. You know, yeah. when you love people, there is no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's no whatever you want to put in there that causes problems in the world today. All these people that we don't like in the political arena, all these people that we don't like that live in other countries that live different than us, if we would just love them because they're our brothers and sisters, all that other stuff would just go away. But we still, you know, we don't necessarily love them the way we need to love them, but we're all one. So when you find that your willful saw ruling is not proving harmonious in your life, then again, you want, you want to move to your divine mind. You, we, you only, we only have one mind. There's only one power. There's only one spirit, if you would. We've talked about that for years. But we want to move over to and leave this uh, carnal intellect, if you would, and just practice leaning to the divine mind. The Apostle Paul said, don't be conformed to this world way of living now. Later on, we'll study that. But he said, now that I've taught all this to you, don't be conformed to this way of living anymore, but be ye transformed by the renewing mind. Not the renewing of the mind, but the renewing mind. So what, what's the renewing mind? It's the divine mind of God, and it's in you. So there's only one mind. So you will re, what happens is you will receive this spiritual anointing that will be the first step in setting up this new reign of love over your life. Wouldn't you like to live in a city where everybody is in love and the government's in love Everybody's looking out for one another. All the politicians are statesmen. I ask people all the time, do you know what a statesman is? And they don't know. We used to have statesmen. They were people who looked out for other, for future generations, not just for themselves. But wouldn't that be an awesome city? But we live in a kingdom like that. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called the kingdom of heaven. And it's all about love. And where is it at? It's right inside of us. So if we're not loving all the time, then we're not making a withdrawal from what's inside of us. And we haven't really been taught that. Now, Donna asked me, what about Noah last week? So now I'm getting to know it for you. <laughs> but Noah's name means, what'd you say, Donna? Rest. rest. It means rest and it means quiet. It's an Old Testament 5146. It's Noach, N-O-A-C-H or Noah. And it means rest. And then you go to Old Testament 5118 and it means quiet. Those are the Greek or the Hebrew words. So Noah's Ark symbolizes the spiritual part of yourself, of oneself, built in the midst of the flood of error all around. We're in the midst of a lot of error right now, aren't we? And most of the world, that's what it's been like ever since, I mean, our, our, our generation and generations before, there are people that are at rest in the midst of all this stuff. And we need that rest. Because if we're not experiencing rest, then we get sucked into the political agenda and the financial agenda and the, and the, the food and, and everything they're doing is killing us. And we begin to worry about everything. And I'm not denying those things, but I also defy their right to take me out. That it doesn't belong to me. And so one builds one's arc on an understanding of the wisdom, the presence, the power of Father, and the affirmation of that is in ourself as holy breath. We are the very spirit of God. So the ark represents a positive, conserving state of consciousness, which agrees with our forms, a, or agrees with or forms a covenant with our Father and our being. That we have an eternal covenant with our Father. There is no Larry. There is no old covenant, new covenant, like we were taught. God didn't change His mind after Jesus did what He did. 
A lot of people think that he did, but he didn't. God did not want Jesus to die. God did not send Jesus to die because we were terrible people. The Jews killed him. They hated him just like people hate Donald Trump and they wish they could kill him. Right? It's the truth. And he was rocking their boat. He was revealing what they were doing was wrong and they didn't like him. But Father made a covenant from the foundation of the world and it's the same covenant that we're in then. He made a covenant that he would be our father, he would be our source, and that he provided all things that pertain to life and godliness, that we are perfect and we are holy. And that covenant never changed whatsoever. And so uh, the ark is this product of rest, and this, this, this knowing this comes from our, uh, a subconscious inspiration of contact with Father God that we're always one with the Father. Father never leaves us. We're never alone. We're always with Father. And if we knew that without a shadow of a doubt, there would not be fear and unrest and everything else that comes from all that. The ark, again, is the product of rest. So in the spiritual part of us, right in the middle of the flood of error, we can rest. Noah's ark further represents the original spark of divinity, if you would. And, you know, I've talked often about when a baby is conceived, when that sperm hits that egg, there is scientifically proven that there's a spark of light. And I do believe that's when the very life of God, the very holy breath of God goes in that egg and everything that baby's ever going to become that came from that right then. And this divinity is a sacred and holy thing. And when I wrote that, I immediately thought of we are reverentially, that's what the word fearful means, we are reverentially and wonderfully made. When were we made? In our mother's womb. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it just breaks my heart that so many people think that there's no life there until that baby comes out. I mean, the minute that egg is impregnated, that is a life, and it has the very life of God inside of them. And I pray for people. I'm not angry with them, but I pray people will wake up and realize how awesome, that how sacred that child is. And that there's a purpose for every person. There really is yes, there a is. purpose for every person. There are people that were aborted that could have solved all kinds of problems in this world. There, there, there have been people that they didn't want their children and fortunately they adopted them and they became great people. They became people that solved all kinds of problems and medical problems and science and everything else. And yet we have a society that wants to abort them. I'll get off of that, but... They are sacred and they are holy. So it's a development depends on man's mindfulness. That development of that spark of life inside of it. We can develop to be everything Father wants us to do or, and be mindful of spiritual things or we can be mindful of material and carnal things and not develop in that whatsoever. Uh, so we want to get into this immortal living mindedness than mortal. Mortal means liable to die. Immortal to me means liable to live. It just means I'm going to live. Now, I'm not saying we're supposed to live forever. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe Father created us to die, though. But I, 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 but I do know that life is more than what we've been experiencing. Life doesn't include all the struggles we've gone through and the sickness and the disease and, the, and not able to sleep and all the stuff that goes through us. So this original spark occupies the holiest place in the temple of God, and that's the divine mind. And it must be cared for with great devotion. We must guard our thoughts. I'll never forget John Cahill years ago teaching to put a guard over ourselves. And he, he taught people to pray, put a guard over my ear what I hear, my eyes what I see, my nose what I smell, 
my my mouth what I eat and my what I feel. What Put a guard eat. over that, huh? Right. What, what you speak. I said eat, and I'm not hungry really. <laughs> but what I speak, and if we could just do that, and I used to think about that, Lord, I'm I'm not going to say anything anymore before I say that. But I didn't keep going because <laughs> I've said some things I wish I hadn't have said. But we need that. Jesus, see, it has to be cared for, and our example is Jesus. Mary cared for Jesus, whether people like it or not. Mary highly likely wasn't a virgin. And uh, highly likely, Jesus was Joseph's son. And when Joseph impregnated him, God's life went into that egg. And Jesus was born to be a special person, just like you were born to be a special person. We all were. And Mary was instructed by Gabriel to keep him away from the religious systems of the world, keep him away from the, the law. And she did. She taught him. She learned from the scenes. She taught what he, she learned. And when he was old enough to go out in the desert, she took him to the desert and the scenes taught him. And he great, had great understanding. So what did she do? She protected that divine mind that was in him. And I'm always telling people all the time, when you have children, protect that brain, protect that mind. Don't let them live on iPads all the time and computers. We have a real problem in this world today. Our children are not happy unless they're set in front of a computer or a cell phone because their parents aren't happy unless they're in front of a cell phone. And, I, and I'm not against cell phones, but I'm telling you, it, it, we're not protecting our brain the way we're supposed to. We allow ourselves to see things that later on pop up and really hurt us. And so another place, it's a city named uh, Beth Shean. Beth Shion, and it's in Canaan, and it means house of rest, house of tranquility, dwelling in quiet, and a house of security. Again, how would you like to have a house like that? Well, you can, and you do. You have it, but we're not possessing it. We're not handling it. It's just like the disciples went to people after they joined the fellowship of believers and said, have you received of your Holy Spirit since you believed? It means, have you handled it? Are you learning how to live out of your divine mind? And so these lessons we're teaching is for us to learn how to do something, not just to say, oh, that was a great sermon and just walk away or, or put like on the, the video. And, you know, it's, it's a fact that most people watch videos for about three seconds. And they put like and they go to another one and another one, another one. No, we need to learn. We, I, I pray and I hope my followers will watch these entire videos because you miss a lot if you don't. But we need to receive with meekness this engrafted word, which is able to rescue our soul. We are a soul and we need rescued, not not rescued so we can go to heaven someday, but rescued so we can experience heaven right now, experience to cool the day. And we, we are much like Adam in the beginning. We lost our awareness because our teachers didn't were not aware. And we we said amen to them. So this this city here. Basham spiritually symbolizes a restful, peaceful, confident attitude of mind. It's only in the quietness and this conscious harmony with Father that we find this inner sense of peace. And, you know, how many times do any of us actually, before we go to bed anymore, sit down and meditate on Father? Would any of y'all very much? <laughs> I mean, really, it's the truth. We don't. We're, we're so busy. We're watching TV. We're doing the things that we do. We clean our house up. We get everything ready for tomorrow. And then we go to bed. But, you know, if you're having trouble sleeping or whatever it is, it's, it might be a good idea to begin to just start meditating and talking to the Lord. And don't say, Lord, help me sleep tonight. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes I say to the Lord, either in the 
yard and the yeah. house and the car. Yeah. That helps me. Yes, it does. Yeah. Singing. Kelly, Kelly, when she's over here cleaning the house, she's singing praises all the time. It's just she's a praiser and she does that. But it's something that we can practice because what we want to do is we want to get quiet and and let the things of the day be washed away from us and just talk to father how much we love father thank you for my life and you know i thank you for my health and uh, you might say is there anything that i need to hear from you i want to be quiet and hear something from you because you're the one that says this is the way walk you in it right yes amen. so i'm sure you have heard people talk about a day of rest right yes. and uh, a lot of people are looking for that and the Apostle Paul said we must enter into Father's rest. So I looked these up, and the day represents the state of awareness in which the intelligence dominates a, a, a person. A state of awareness in which the intelligence that you're aware of dominates a person. The idea back of the word day is light uh, and the, or the dis, disposition of divine intelligence. So when you begin to hear spiritual truth, you begin to wake up to spiritual truth, then you were entering into the day of rest or the day of the Lord. It's not something that's going to happen when Jesus comes back and splits Mount Olive and all the things that we think it's going to be. It's a time for you individually. The Bible is about you. You have to take it personal and you have to take these spiritual truths and these awarenesses and let it affect you. So, in the scripture, day and night are symbols for degrees of unfoldment, if you would. Day is being understanding, night is ignorance. You remember they told us about this particular time of 800 years. They said God did not speak. Yeah. Remember that? Well, that's not true. God's always speaking. The people became ignorant of God. They, they ignored God. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, a, there's a mass amount of people in the world today that are ignoring God. And they're ignorant people. They're not hearing, they're not getting any light from Father. So next we've heard the last day. You've heard of that, the last day? And people are looking for the last day. And they think that means the earth is going to be destroyed and Jesus is coming back and taking all the Christians to heaven and the rest of people are going to suffer. And that's not true whatsoever. So the last day is what all shall attain who believe or have faith in Father as their spiritual source of life. When you really really know that Father is your source for everything, not just your money, not just your house, not just cars, but everything, peace, uh, divine health. When, when that happens, then you've experienced your last day. In other words, you're not struggling anymore. You're not fighting. Now, all of us have that in some areas. You know, uh, the revelation Father gave me years ago that I would never lack for money the rest of my life if I would move my will to His will. And I did. And I've never lacked for money the rest of his life. And I would say 90% of that time, we had hardly any money in our checking account. But it was always replenished constantly. And I would rather live that way. That way than have millions in the bank and make that my source. Because it can go away just like that. Right. IRS is hiring a lot more people right now and they're ready to come get the money. But you know what? I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm doing anything wrong, but I'm just saying I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm not worried about those systems. I realize that there is a divine source and I've in a measure have entered into the last day and I'm ready to do that for my health. I'm ready to do that for everything because the source is for everything, not yes. just what I think yes. I need. Amen. 
So the last day is what we shall attain then. So whoever enters into the mind of spirit, holy breath, divine mind, will have poured out to them its life essence. If we have the divine mind in us, and we have the holy breath, because the Bible says God breathed his holy breath into man and made him a living soul. So we have that. So shouldn't we be drawing from that essence? And, our, and we know that we are one with Father. Father is in us, as us. Should we not be living out of that? So it has to do with a, there's an awareness up there that is a traducer. They translated the word devil, but it's a traducer. It's a hinderer. And it's hindering that life from really flowing through us. So we want to be wholly raised up from that, out of that material condition, material-minded condition, to where we arrive at the last day, or the last degree of understanding, if you would. That's the better way to word it. So the actual day of rest, then, is the consciousness of universal peace that constitutes the kingdom of heaven. Again, if you could live in a house like I've described, then there would be peace, wouldn't there? And that's the kingdom of heaven. And it's not coming down from anywhere. It's not coming in the future. It's in you right now. People die physically filled with peace, filled with divine health, having all things that they need and never experience it day after day after day. Because the church has not taught the word properly. They just taught the same thing over and over and over, expecting different results and never getting them. And the people sitting in churches are having the same problems that people that don't go to church. Right? Yes. So this, we, we needed, and that's when I begin to ask questions, Father, why this is not working. I've been in one church for 38 years, and my first church in my life for 10 years. So 48 years, I went to church, and people were doing everything they told them to do, but there was really no change because it was dead works. It was labor. So the Lord's day is the day of illumination and it supplies perfect rest. And many people are entering into that Lord's day. And there I'm, I'm in, and, and you, I know you are in many areas of your life. You're at perfect rest. And I want that experience, every, uh, that experience to be in every part of my life. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, right? right. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of father. And that's why he said, I never do anything I don't see my father do. I never say anything that I didn't hear my father say. So how does father speak to you? Well, he speaks to you through comforter messengers. Father speaks to you in your thoughts. So if God speaks to you in your thoughts, don't you think it'd be a good idea to calm your thoughts down a little bit? And, and, and I know how hard, hard that is. I've had times where I've sat down, I'm just going to listen to God and all of a sudden, wonder what Donna's cooking for dinner today. Or one of Carl and Ann's coming to church today. Or, you know, you, it's very difficult, but it's not impossible. Because there are races of people over in the Middle East that have taught themselves to sit and meditate and empty their minds of everything material, and they receive tremendous revelation. They have euphoric uh, things that take place in their life, and they hear things, and we can do that. But it takes practice, and you just can't give up the first time. Because, Carl, the first time you do that, you're going to think, I wonder how those cows are doing out there. <laughs> I wonder if there's any fish jumping in the pond today. <laughs> you know. But that's important for us to understand that. So yeah. Jesus said it. Yeah. We, we live by the, mouth, by the mouth of Father. We live 
by the voice of Father. We hear, we live by this is the way, walk you in it. And the truth is, when you're seeking an answer, you know what the real answer is already. How should I be living? How should I be acting? Whatever, you know, you already know the answer. But Father confirms that to you. So, (laughs) excuse me. Further in my study for this chapter, I found an interesting name uh, of an oak tree. I was looking for people, but all of a sudden this oak tree popped up with this understanding in it. And it's Alon, I'll spell it to you, A-L-L-O-N hyphen B-A-C-U-T-H. And it's pronounced Alon Ba'ath. And it means oak of weeping. Oak of weeping. This tree was where Rebecca's nurse, Deborah, was buried there. And I, I thought, well, that's cool. What does that have to do with anything? Well, it, it signifies an inner strengthening of the true man, which comes when I'm trying to serve, and then I begin to let go of the outer, or I let go of the inner. I mean, excuse me, not the inner. When I try to let go of the outer or the material realm, there becomes kind of a weeping inside of you because it's something you've been used to all of your life. And so you have to begin to let go. I remember, and I've told you all my story many times, when I, was, I lost my job uh, working for Ballinger's Furniture. I was managing one of the stores, and I got hurt really bad. was on a workman's comp for a year, and I didn't want to leave, but he forced me to go on workman's comp. And so I'm going home from making over $100,000 a year to making about two seventy-five a week on workman's comp, and I'm crying. I'm all upset. My will was I wanted to stay to work. I, my will was I'm good at what I do, blah, blah, blah. But then the Lord began to speak to me first by singing inside of me, I surrender all. In other words, that's the letting go, is it not? So I had to let go of my time, my talent, my abilities, thinking, you know, that's my, in a sense, it became my source. I had 20 something years in the furniture industry, so I knew a lot and I knew I could be successful and I had to let all that go. And Father spoke to me and said, if you let it go, you'll never lack for money the rest of your life. And there was a little bit of hardness for that. It was tough to not have a good job that paid a lot of money for a year. You know, and so, so there is a little bit of weeping that takes place. I'm not saying it's just easy. And this pictures that to us. So you let go of the outer, you let go of personal activities, and you go within to the source of all. And when I found this, I thought, man, that fixed my story perfectly because I finally said, okay, Lord. And I began to sing, I surrender all. And I began to cry and I began to weep and I began to be thankful after I had a moment or so of not wanting to let go. I wanted that job back. I needed that job. How can I pay my bills without that job? How can I give my wife what she deserves and my children without that job? My daughter was getting married right then too. I think it was maybe whatever. But, but this is a great picture of that. But there, were, there was something within inside of me that helped that inward weeping. So am I saying this is easy? No. And I'm not saying you have to get rid of your houses or get rid of your car, but you've got to get rid of your material mindfulness that this is what's making me happy. Or this job, a job is material, right? So this job is, becomes the source and it's not a source. And that's why I say I learned from then on that every time I worked, wherever I worked, I was there to be a blessing, not to get money. And that's hard for people to understand that. So when one does this, though the outer person may mourn at first, 
all of a sudden uh, you let go of this mortal thing or this mortal, mortal hold, if you would, and the divine mind works in you and through you to will to do Father's good pleasure. And then you begin to do what you're intended to do on this earth, and you bless the earth. You become a person, a blessing that you're created to be, and you let love come out. And every action becomes a spiritual action, and it benefits the whole man, the whole person, and it brings you to perfect rest. I don't have a whole lot more, but what time is it? Oh, I've got plenty of time. I was thinking it was real late. Let me get a little tea. <clears throat> Can you see how... I'm saying this might be the most vital message you've ever heard in your life. Yes. I'm not saying that it's a good message because I'm teaching it, but it's vital. I need it. You need it. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs to enter into Father's rest. Amen. Preachers need to. Seminary schools need to. Professors need to. Uh, uh, Greek and Hebrew, they need to enter into Father's rest. And then they can hear Father's voice. So then what do we need to do? We need to be like a dove. A dove, that's the next thing I heard when I was studying this, is we need to be like a dove. There's several mentions of dove in the Bible. And a dove, when you have a dove's eyes, does that remind you of anything, dove's eyes? The, the uh, Solomon told the Shulamite, honey, you have dove's eyes? Well, that means she could see the rest of Father. She could see spiritually, if you would. So doves are often mentioned in the Bible, and a dove symbolizes peace of mind, and confidence in one's divine mind and the divine law of a father. The dove is non-resistant. It's a non-resistant creature. It doesn't fight. It doesn't uh, attack anything. So it's considered non-resistant. So what is it? We do not resist what father wants for us. We don't resist letting go of our desire for physical and material things. And again, I said, it's all right for you to have them, but if, if, it, if it has you, then that's the problem. Yes. And most people, the material things have you. You know, if I lost this house today, I wouldn't like it, but it wouldn't devastate me because I know there would be another house. And I've learned that in our lifetime because there's been times that I almost lost a house. Mm -hmm. And I, there was a time, our first house, we had to sell because we couldn't afford it because of our electric bill. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but now I know I just know whatever I need is going to be there. Yes. You know, if something happened, Ann and Carl would let us move in with them. I know they would. Look at Carl. So this non-resistant and this state of consciousness, <clears throat> we rest in our oneness with Father. We're not resisting it, if you would. Uh, in this state of conscience, that's important for us. And it's the highest plane that you can get to. It's a prophetic state of mind uh, uh, that, that is represented by the dove and you declare, um, you declare this ultimate peace and good over your life, that I'm at peace. Now, what's going to, what's going to hinder that thoughts, mm -hmm. right? Yes, I'm at peace. No, I didn't get my way, but I'm at peace. Right. I, I didn't get my way, but I see good in it. And I'm going to make it good when it may not be what I wanted. But see, that's the will part. Exactly. Right. And just the, I didn't want to lose my job at, at Ballinger's. I was very proud of that. What was the name of the store I worked at for him? It wasn't Ballinger's. It was one of his other stores. I forget. But I was proud of, had to have that job. I didn't want to lose that job. Nobody likes losing a job. 
I lost a job at Marquis Furniture because I asked him for a $1,000 raise. <laughs> you know, Larry was with me, wasn't you? Both, Larry lost the job too because I asked for a $1,000 raise. Because <laughs> he wasn't going to work there if I wasn't going to be there. A lot of people don't know, we worked together for Orkin Exterminating, didn't we? Yeah. There, and we worked in the furniture industry together. But I didn't want to lose it. But there comes this time where there's just peace and say, well, if that's not working out, then there will be something else show up. And that's a lot easier life than getting depressed and getting upset and going to alcohol and drugs and, and you know, anger and, you know, unrest. And, I mean, wanting your will and not getting it causes a lot of problems <laughs> after this. So let me get to where I was here. Too often people go to Father for rest and then they go back into their world. Mm -hmm. And then something else happens and then they go to Father for rest again. And then they go back into their world. Why would you leave rest? Mm -hmm. You know? And there's this in and out, in and out, in and out. That's why we have revivals. Actually, revivals most of the time are just to raise money. But we, th we thought it was, I'm going to revive myself. And boy, it was good. And then church camp. Remember when our children went to church camp and they didn't want to leave it? They cried, didn't they, Donna? They, they would cry because they, they didn't want to leave it because they thought that's where they get all this. But you can get it in life. You can experience peace in life. You can experience friendship in life. There's so many people today that don't have friends and all they got to do is pick up the phone and call their neighbor and say, come over and eat and let's play cards. And then call another neighbor and say, come over and eat and let's play cards. And next thing you know, you have three or four or five couples that meet on Friday nights and you just have a blast yes. and you love one another. There's nothing that we lack whatsoever. Now, another thing that I think we need to understand is under the old Jewish law, no one was allowed to work on a certain day. And that was a Jewish law. It's called the Sabbath. That's in Exodus 20 and 81. The followers of the Jewish law were instructed to do no work on that day and only rest because they were taught that that one day was holy. You ever question that? There's only one day that's holy? You know, so subsequently, Western evangelical Christianity and many other religions propose that Sunday to be that Sabbath day. And then some religions propose that Saturday is that day. And so spiritually, the Sabbath is the consciousness that we have fulfilled the divine law in both thought and act. That's a day of rest. When you, when you understand that you have fulfilled the divine law in both thought and act. In other words, you're living out of your holy breath. You're living in contact with Father. Again, that's what the word Christ means. I know people don't like it. They want to think it's Jesus. But it's the first word is Christos. The next word is cryo. And cryo means contact. And it makes more sense to me than saying I am Christ. I, I'm, I'm not Christ as in Jesus. I am in contact with Father. Jesus Christ was Jesus, the one who stayed in contact with Father. Contact in you is the hope of glory, not Jesus in me. Right? If you have contact with Father, that's the hope of your glorifying Father. So spiritually, again, it's this conscious, uh, fulfilled the divine law, both thought and act. The Sabbath of the Lord has nothing to do with any day of the week. Father did not make days and weeks. Think about that. He didn't make days and weeks, uh, nor 
has he darkened his clear concepts of the truth of the time element? Guess where time came from? Man invented time. There is no distance or time in the spirit whatsoever. There, before man's uh, awareness, Lord, there was no aging whatsoever. We just live like beautiful 20-year-olds. <laughs> I'm kidding. But maybe we did. So time is an invention of mankind, uh, and the Sabbath is a very certain, definite thing. Sabbath is a state of mind that man enters or acquires when they go into silence in their own soul. When they go in, within, your help comes within. Job even knew that. Job said, my help cometh from within. It has nothing to do with the house I live in, the car I drive, the, the land I own, the property I own, how much money I have in my bank. None of that brings me peace. It's going within. And so the Sabbath is, uh, is, is important for us. So there they find true rest and they find peace. And the seventh day means the seventh or perfect stage of one spiritual unfoldment. That's the seventh day. Seven means maturity and perfection. So spiritually, the number seven represents that. It also represents spirituality. It also represents completeness. So in spirit, there is no time. There is only one, uh, only growth and steps of enfoldment of consciousness where we're growing more and more and more in our knowledge and understanding of our Father and who we are. So in the spiritual realm, the days, the months, and the years by which man counts time represents degrees or steps in spiritual growth. And you can go through all the Bible and you can look at numbers and you can look them up and you can see how that fits something spiritually, not necessarily physically. Days represent something spiritually, not physically. So humanity had become so lost in their darkness of sense conscious that they could not save themselves of the lies that they believed and the lies that they were taught. And so somebody had to come and a son was sent and his name was Jesus. He was a messenger. He was the greatest comforter messenger that this earth has ever seen. And when man lays hold of of this indwelling father, they're raised out of their uh, false mistaken identity into contact with father. And again, I've said this earlier, but too many people are happy with just been saved and they don't know their father. All they depend on is what a preacher or a denomination tells them about father and that's from their false perception. And so there's this... Uh, there's, there's this ignorance in man that limits their happiness by confirming that Sabbath is one day a week. And so what we've done is we go to church on Sunday, we do our thing, we pay our tithe, we listen to a sermon, and we go back in the world and just live the best we can. And that's not Father. That's not, that's not rest at all. So I'm almost done here. So the Sabbath is an institution that was established by man. Can you agree with that? Yes. Established by men. Father does not rest from his works every seven days, and there's no evidence at all in creation that that's happened. You look at the, the birds, you look at, you look at trees, they don't all stop what they're doing. Birds don't stop what they're doing. They don't, they don't, they don't even work. They just, they just rest in who they are, and they enjoy who they are. The, whole, the only one that's ever been taught to stop what they're doing was men, and not to do it. And that's why Jesus healed on their Sabbath, and they got upset about it. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty silly of them. So, it's your privilege to be as free as the birds. 
It's your privilege to be free of the trees and the flowers. Jesus said it's your privilege, in a sense, to be like a lily, just to draw from where you're planted and let your glory shine, right? You don't worry, have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about growing whatsoever. And so these creatures, they stand in no fear of an angry God that they built their nest on a Sabbath day. And God created them, yes. right? On a holy day. They live in the holy omnipresence and they always do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is what Father sent them here for. What did Father send us here for? To, to, love, one to love one another and to have dominion over the earth, to tend the garden, not just the physical garden, but the garden that we are, and to be a people of blessing. We're the cherubim of the earth. We're to be people of blessing. So that which is instinct in them is also an instinct in us. It's our instinct to live. It's our instinct to love. It's our instinct to always do what's right and let this, that, that the sun, the light, the brilliance of God shine through us to all people everywhere we go. But we have resolved to be attentive to the voice of Father and at all costs, if we do that, to be attentive, always listening for Father's voice, you're going to see a big difference in your life. I don't want to be under man's bondage and man-made laws anymore. And I remember when I first began to waken up to these things, I, I got so much fighting. I, have, uh, I still have a, a, lot of, a lot of people I grew up in church, that they just don't, they don't listen, they don't understand. But if they would, if they would just spend some time and listen, it makes sense. But you just take one thing away from them and just, oh, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. But what happens, they have chains around their wrist and they have a yoke on their neck and it's called religion and it's pulling them down. And so when a man in wisdom unites thought by constant contact with the divine mind as Jesus did, they have power. They have creative power. There's a creative law that's in the universe and it's, uh, the spiritual elements of the body begin to be released and it becomes fixed and all of a sudden material things become nothing to us. And it's just, yes, it's there, but it's nothing. It's not, it's not my life. I don't value my life because I have some gold or I have jewelry or I have diamonds or whatever. So then we gain power to steal the stormy, the storms, the undisciplined storms in our life. We have power to steal our thoughts. We have power to steal our awareness. You can speak to the winds and the winds obey. That's what Jesus did. And that's a picture of this. He, he just told the storms, calm down. He said, that's not who you are. Be who you are. You can speak that in your life. You know, I like what I said last week, and I've been doing it all day long, all, all week long. But if there's something that I want that's not necessarily good for me, I say, I love Father more than this. Last night, I should have said, I love Father more than that dessert. But I... <laughs> yeah, we were, we were at a, a Elvis show, and they, we had a dinner. And they brought out how many desserts? Six desserts? Six different desserts. And I wanted every cotton pick in one of them. <laughs> they were so good. But we can do that. I love Father. And also, I love you more than my will. We forgot last night. Huh? We got to remember. I know, you got to remember. You know, that, that's just a little contact point. But I love you more than I love my will. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I, I love my wife more than I love my will. 
And I've got to remind myself because we can be people like us and you guys that's been together 50 years and we're just getting used to each other and we'll still bark at each other and say things we shouldn't say. We got to stop and say, wait a minute, I love her. I love him more than what I'm getting ready to say. That's right. Yes. That's called being still, being calm, and be quiet. Quiet in your thoughts. And I hear my wife saying amen. <laughs> so, you, so, so you can speak to the winds that's going on in your life, and they'll obey you. You can, you can, uh, you can apprehend those scorching currents of anger that burn within every cell of your body, and they're put out. Yes. When you've ceased to drop into this weak, watery mental state, and you can command the waves and they calm down. And that's what Jesus did. And I guess he walked on water because they said he did. Water was not a hindrance to him whatsoever. So in my third closing, because a person can rise into their natural dominion, they must understand and realize that Father's whole plan of creation is to bring forth the perfect man. Because that's what he imagined. When I paint these paintings that I paint, I have an idea what I want it to look like. And so I put the right colors on there. I mix the paint the right way. I put certain oils in some of them. And I've got in my mind what I want it to look like. And so when I put it on there, I just begin to gently tilt it and move it and keep on going. And all of a sudden, boom, it's there. Donna was watching me paint this one. And when she was in there, it wasn't looking that pretty because she was in there while the movement was going. But she walked out and I finished it. Actually, the one I did for the lady that ordered one, hers. And so she walked out and then... I, I was still doing a little bit of movement, calm. I was, it wasn't mean. It wasn't rough. It was just a little calm movements. And Donna walked in and she said, wow, because it finally got to where I imaged it, what I wanted it to look like. And to me, that's so powerful with Father because Father is gentle. Yes. He gently moves us and leads us and, and adjusts us gently yes. because what's he looking for? That perfect man, that perfect woman that he created you to be. Yes. Well, I just feel that's a really good example there. Yes. And you are art. Mm -hmm. And you are beautiful. Right. There's nothing lacking whatsoever. That, that means that man is the supreme thing in creation and all the laws are for his convenience. Spiritual laws are for your convenience. So when religiosity sets up a law and makes its observance its burdensome, they enslave the creation. The Jews be, brought a burden mm -hmm. to the Sabbath law to the people. Some people needed to work. They needed to go out and catch fish and feed their family. They, there's some things they needed to do. And so the very fact that they needed to and wanted to, in a sense, they broke the law anyways. So they had a multitude of ridicu uh, ridiculous prohibitions, but Jesus sought to rescue them from that. And Jesus, uh, everything Jesus taught was to rescue us from the lie. So it's time for all people to enter the Father's rest and boldly live in perfect rest for themselves. Amen? Amen. So I encourage you to go back over this and listen to it again. And uh, particularly this one, if you would like to, uh, I think you need to hear it so much. If you would like the transcript on this after it gets edited, I'll send it to you. So don't ask me to email it to you. Message me and I'll send you a link for it. 
So give me about a week and I'll send you a link for this. But I love all of you. I appreciate you being here and viewing. Those of you that watched the entire thing, I think you're highly been blessed by it. If you're just listening three or four moments, minutes, you're missing out on a lot. So I encourage you to listen to all of it. God bless you. Thank you.